Hey, it's Emily here. I wanted to let you know that today I asked my husband, James, who's a certified high-performance coach, to jump on and share his incredible wisdom with you. I'm off in baby world, and I thought it would be the perfect opportunity for him to teach you some of his own practices around resilience, self-love, committing to yourself, and fostering that relationship to you. So let's go ahead and dive in. Life is full of obstacles, right? There will be plenty of obstacles as you work towards your goals. So don't be one of them. It's time to create a life that's better than your dreams with the I Heart My Life show. I'm Emily Williams, the founder of I Heart My Life and your I Heart My Life show host. This is your one-stop shop for all things personal development meets lifestyle. So pull up a seat, get out a pen and a paper and get ready to learn. Hey there, everybody. Welcome to the show. And today you get me, James Williams, Emily's husband. I'm a coach. I'm a certified high performance coach. I'm a founder's coach. I'm a human being that is like all of us, just trying to do more, just trying to live better, trying to be better, trying to make 2023, which is when this podcast is recorded, better than last year. And I think that's what all of us want, right? We want to always try and improve upon what we've been doing and One way to do that is to really look back and figure out what worked before and what we can improve now. And while I'm recording this in January 2023, it's that time of the year when everyone's thinking about that year ahead. Some of us are excited for what might feel like a blank slate to really build something amazing. Others may feel like they're in momentum already. Others may feel that they haven't got a clue what this year holds. And what I wanted this call to be, to be of service to everyone listening, is to understand that all of us within ourselves are our own mentor. And what this call is really about is how to tap into that inner mentor and really talk to yourself and motivate yourself in a way that you actually stick to those commitments. How many people listening right now have made New Year's resolutions and not stuck to them? Maybe they've given it a couple of months and it's kind of fizzled away. Everyone's, everything's turned back to the way it was previously. And there's a reason for that, right? So any good coach will tell you that their job really is to support you in supporting yourself better. And so my intention for this podcast is that you come away from this podcast with a better idea as to how to support yourself better, how to be that mentor for yourself and how to introduce yourself to that inner mentor. You know, when I reflect back on my life, I'm 43 now and my coaching career is my second career. And throughout my life, I've had people who I would consider mentors, people that have, you know, inspired me, who have encouraged me, who have really had um, a, a, a crucial role to play in my development. When I look back at those people, I really recognize some interesting points and the difference between those people and then people that that didn't help me, even though maybe their job was to help me. Think about that teacher at school, and everyone had one, that teacher at school that you actually wanted to do better for, that you wanted to, to impress, that made you feel that you could do better. That person that 
really sensed something in you, even if your, your scores and your results weren't necessarily displaying it, they saw something in you. And I know for me, especially, there were a few teachers that I was excited to go to their classes because even if I was having a bad day, even if I got the answer to the question wrong, I knew that they wouldn't judge me. And instead, they would hold me accountable to being better with love. And that's really important to remember because as we go forward in our life, there's one voice that we are going to be hearing every day. There's one person that we're going to spend more time with than anyone else. There's one person and only one person that actually has control over what we do next, why we do it, and whether we stick to it or not. And that one person is us, is you. The way that we mentor ourselves has a huge impact on the direction of our life. A lot of people are waiting for someone to come in and save them, waiting for someone else to blame when things don't go right. And what I will teach all of my clients is the moment that you can take responsibility for your life, you do something very powerful. You empower yourself to do anything that you put your mind to. And that's what I really want to talk about today on this podcast. So first, let's start by reflecting back on the mentors that we've had in our life. And let's list out a couple of the things that they didn't do. So if I think about the mentors that inspired me, the teachers, the the old bosses that I had, even some of the friends that I had, one thing that they didn't do was make me feel obliged to succeed. They didn't make me feel obliged to succeed. That feeling of obligation can sometimes feel heavy, right? The idea that you have to succeed or else. The mentors that mentored me didn't do that, okay? What else didn't they do? Well, they also didn't scare me into action. They didn't talk about all of the bad things that would happen if I wasn't to take action. And we all know this is a big one in life, right? It's very easy to motivate by fear. But I'll tell you in a minute why that isn't always a good idea. But before I do, the last thing that my mentors never did is they never judged my goals to be too big or too small. In fact, they never judged my goals. They heard them and they accepted them, okay? So going back to the idea of motivation by fear, here's why it's not a good idea. Now we know it works, right? That motivation by fear works. And sometimes a little bit of fear, a little bit of, of a reality check is a good thing. But when motivation by fear is the only tactic, it doesn't work. And I'll tell you why. It doesn't work because if you look at all human history, if your only motivation is fear of what might happen if you don't act, the moment that you see an opportunity to escape, you will. So if your fear, if your motivation for working out says, if I don't work out and get fit, no one's going to love me. If that's your motivation and then someone comes along as you are and loves you, now you've got no motivation to work out because someone loves you. And working out isn't just about being loved visually 
right? Or for how fit you are. It's about health and vibrancy and feeling amazing in your body. Another example could be motivation by fear. Spend more time with your family. And the fear that you've been told is if you don't spend more time with your family, you're going to lose them. That's what happens. You, you, you spend more time with your family because you're afraid of losing them. And then your family tell you, thank you for spending so much time with us. We're never going anywhere. You're amazing. Don't be so hard on yourself. Well, guess what? Now you've lost your motivation because they just told you they're never going to leave you. Whereas really the motivation should be what it's going to be like to have a deeper, more connected relationship with your family and how that's going to benefit you and benefit them. So let's not make motivation by fear the way that we motivate ourselves. So let's now talk about some of the things that the mentors in our lives did do that inspired us to take action, that allowed us to grow and feel supported. Well, for me, the, one of the things that the motivate the uh, mentors did that inspired me was, was just that, was to inspire me to take action, which means what they did is they helped me highlight all of the benefits of not only the result that I would get should I succeed in my endeavor, but also the benefits of the struggle. Because the truth is, anything that we're working towards, there's going to be struggle, right? Growth and success are a product of adaptation. They're a product of struggle and messiness and, and failing a few times. And so my mentors would always be very good at painting that picture of the struggle's worth it. That along the way, you're going to learn more from your failures and you're going to learn more from what didn't work than you will from the wins. So my mentors would always have this way of painting the picture that actually I would never really fail. As long as I was taking action and I was doing my best, I would either win or I would learn. Something else that my mentors did for me that really had an impact on my growth was that they, they showed me how to believe in myself and not be so addicted to needing approval and belief from others. Although that's great. It's great to have other people believe in you. But as I said at the beginning of this podcast, if we're not being that for ourselves and we're fully reliant on the belief of others, then we've taken our own power away. Because the truth is a lot of the big goals that we strive for, they barely seem possible to us. So it's going to be a lot harder for other people to see us succeeding. And sometimes there are people in our life that love us and the way they show that love is not wanting us to fail and not wanting us to be hurt. So they unintentionally discourage us from attempting a goal because they don't want us to feel the pain of failure. But that's not how we motivate ourselves to be better, to grow. And so when others don't quite believe, there's only one person that we have left and that's ourselves. So my mentors have always been very good at encouraging self-belief, right? And asking me, why is it that this is important to you? Why is it that you even want to attempt this? And getting to the, the root of the passion that I've had for various goals I've wanted to achieve, which always, when I dig deep enough, 
ends up in this core belief that I can make it happen without knowing how. If you look at kids, and kids are such a wonderful example of this, when you see a, a young girl or a young boy maybe attempting to ride a bike, they don't know how to ride a bike. They don't know that they can ride a bike. Their pure motivation is how exciting it would be to be able to ride a bike. And they get on that bike and they try and they fall off and they cry. They get back on the bike and they ride and they fall off and they cry. But what keeps them going back? It's not the fear of not being able to ride a bike. It's not just to impress their mom and dad. It's because they want to be able to ride a bike. They want to be able to go and play with their friends. They want to explore. They want to know that, that they're capable of doing something that seemed impossible at one point. That's why children learn so fast. That's why they grow so fast. So at what point as adults did we forget that? At what point did we need guarantees that it was going to work out? At what point did we need everyone in our life to say, yes, you can do that? I say, let's take a, take a leaf out of the kid's book. Let's maybe let our mentor be us when we were kids because we learned so fast and our goal, our goals and our motivations were purely passion-based. They were purely based on what would my life be like if I could achieve this thing, which means that the motivation came purely from benefit came purely from the passion and excitement that they felt from knowing what it would be like to achieve something, like riding a bike. Do you want to up-level every area of your life? Do you want to achieve more success, joy, and abundance? If so, head on over to iheartmylife.com go and check out everything we have going on to support you in creating a life that's better than your dreams. Something else that my mentors did really, really well was to be honest about the potential struggles. Because it's all very well being an optimist and saying, yes, I can achieve anything. It's going to be fine. I'm going to do it. The challenge with that is that we are then unprepared for the struggles and the failures because struggle and failure is a part of life. And no matter how perfect you set something up and how prepared you think you are, life has a way of getting in the way and testing you and throwing you off track. And so when my mentors would encourage me and inspire me and tell me that I could totally do it, they would also balance that with, let's discuss some of the things that could go wrong so you're ready for them. And that was really powerful for me because what it did is it built, it built a level of bandwidth. It built a level of what I call preparing for failure, which is let's look at all the potential things that could go wrong and not judge them, and not be scared of them, but just know that that's life and that's okay. And let's think about what would I do and how would I respond if one of these challenges happened? And also understand that there may be things that happen and challenges that happen that I can't even imagine. But just being prepared to be unprepared was, I believe, a, a, a tactic that my mentors really used with the best intentions and it's really helped me to not be thrown off track so often when life comes in and throws me a curveball. I think this is a really important one. 
So now if we take that back to, you know, how I've gone on and spoken to myself, then what I learned from my mentors is that, A, I'm going to surround myself with people that encourage me that way. They're the people that I want to be around. But also, I get to be that person for myself every single day. If I remind myself that the language that I use to challenge myself, to motivate myself, to overcome periods of struggle, that that language gets to be in the same vein as the way my mentors talk to me, right? Because I'm always going to be the loudest voice in my life, which means that I'm going to be the biggest source of directional change and motivation in my life. So learning how to speak to myself is really important. So what I did is I wrote down a few points about the way that I speak to myself, how I commit to my goals, and what do I do? So I thought I'd share them with you here. So the first thing that I do when I set a goal, whatever that goal is, whatever area of my life is, is I make that goal big. Now, as a fan of um, boxing and martial arts, in any kind of martial arts, when you're, when you're taught to hit a target, you're taught to punch through the target, right? So imagine that the target is further back than the surface of the target. Because what this does is it means that you meet the surface with more force. Now, obviously, you're never going to actually hit the target that's behind the target. But by aiming through it, you're hitting it with maximum force. Now, I take this into my goal settings by setting really big goals, goals that may even be unachievable. Now, as long as my perspective there is that I'm actually unattached to exactly what happens, as long as my goal setting is bigger than my current level of understanding thinks is possible, my chances of hitting or even exceeding what I think is possible is met. So once I have a big goal, first thing I do is I break that goal down into achievable bite-sized steps. Because here's one thing that I think a lot of people get wrong that think they're optimistic and think that they can motivate themselves. And then they set a big goal, it doesn't happen, and they're crushed. And this is why. Setting a big goal is really, really important. But we have to understand that goals, from the moment you set them, must be movable and must be shapeable because at the beginning of any goal, you are at a certain point, personally and professionally. And if you work towards that goal with, with enough intention, naturally you are going to grow. You are going to grow in confidence. You're going to grow in skill. And what that means is, is that, you're, that where that goal can actually be is more. You could actually, halfway through the process of setting a goal, you could set a bigger goal. So we want to be very clear that setting a goal is not an exact target. It's a, it's a broad idea that you get to shift and move as you go along. But it, the goal itself is representative of a deep personal passion and purpose that is going to be the driving force of your motivation. And the way we achieve that from the beginning is first by setting really small bite-sized goals, achievable goals. 
because there's nothing more motivating than hitting a target. Um, if you've set a goal and, and you know that goal is going to take a year to achieve and there's no points of celebration along the way, it's very hard to refuel yourself. So I say, make it easy. Set your big goal and then set lots of little mile markers along the way that, you, that are measurable that you can hit and then you can celebrate hitting. And then at those points, you can readjust that goal, okay? Because one of the challenges with self-motivation is people think of the big goal and the big goal, all-encompassing, can sometimes feel quite overwhelming. And they'll try and do all at once and not really get anywhere. Well, actually, a big goal is actually made up of lots of little goals. It's made of lots of little milestones. And so by using the 1% a day strategy, we get to improve or move towards that goal gradually and actually see progress. So if, let's say, I have a fitness goal, if my commitment to myself is to improve by 1% a day and I have a way of measuring that, 1% a day seems very achievable. It almost seems not enough. But if I improve by 1% a day, after a month, I'm around 30% better, right? So that's one great way of motivating myself by, as my mentors did, breaking it down, making it uh, doable, whilst also aiming big at the same time, okay? There's a wonderful productivity coach, Melissa uh, Gracias, who says, breaking tasks down helps us to see large tasks as more approachable and doable and reduces our propensity to procrastinate or defer tasks because we simply don't know where to begin. So this is such a great strategy, right? We get to think big, dream big, you know, get excited about that passion and then break it down to doable tasks because as our, our mentor and as our motivator, let's make that job easy. And it's so much easy to motivate yourself when you're seeing wins. You're seeing progress, okay? doesn't have to be hard to be self-motivated. If you make it easy by giving yourself really achievable steps along the way to that big goal that you can recognize. The next thing that I do is I make an action versus a non-action list by fully understanding what can happen in my life if I take action versus not taking action in this goal. This is going back to what I said about my motivators and my mentors in my life being people that would motivate me by getting me to think about the benefit of the win and the benefit of taking action as opposed to the bad things that would happen if I didn't do anything. Now, we need a little bit of that. And as a coach, I would follow what I call like the 80-20 the rule or maybe even the 90-10 rule, which is most of the motivation is benefit. What will I gain? What will my family gain? What will the process teach me? What will I gain intrinsically, extrinsically? What will I gain in my life in the future? And I paint a full picture of all the things that I will gain by attempting and achieving this goal. And then a little piece of what's going to happen if I don't take any action. That's the dance. A little bit of fear is good, but the majority of the motivation should come from benefit 
Because when we're struggling, when we're working towards a goal and it seems like nothing's happening, it seems like everything's against us and we're working really hard and nothing's going our way, fear in that moment is going to use up a lot more energy. Whereas benefit, why is it worth continuing? Why is it worth the struggle? What are you going to get if you just keep hanging on in there a bit longer? The thought of the benefit, the thought of the win, conjures up energy. Conjures up, you know, even those feelings of those dopamine hits, those feelings of encouragement and, and purpose and, and the reasons why you're doing it in the first place. That fuel is different to fear because that fuel actually energizes us to keep going, right? And if, like my previous point, we are tracking as we go, we haven't got to look very far back to see a win, right? Or to see how close the next win is. So by really consistently looking at what can I do in this moment versus what can I not do? Because there's going to be lots of things you can't do. And yes, we've got to figure out, maybe get around those things. But in any day when you feel stuck and there's all these things challenging your process, if you can just think of what can you do, even if it's a tiny little step, then that's progress. Because if you're not progressing, you're standing still and you're procrastinating and you're burning energy. There's no such thing, I don't believe, as too small a step forward because you're better moving forward very, very slowly than sitting still. And every motion forward is an opportunity to be inspired by the next big leap forward, right? But it's really important to keep moving forward. So making that what can I do list versus the what I'm not able to do list is really going to help the motivation. The next thing that I do is I write a promise to myself. Well, I'll tell you why. I really resonate with the idea that personal growth in any form is actually less about the habits and the routines that we put in place to achieve those things and more about integrity. Because there's only one person we're going to let down if we don't follow through, and that's us. If we really understand ourselves and we understand what being in integrity means to us, right? What are my values? What are the words that would describe who I am at my best? How I run my days, how I run myself, how I show up for those around me, those that I love. Once you've got an idea of who that person is, and that's who you are out of integrity, the next time you don't feel like getting out of bed or you don't feel like doing the thing, you just ask yourself, who do I want to be today? Right? Who do I want to show up as today? So by writing that promise to myself, and remember the balance here, this letter is not a letter of obligation to your responsibilities. This is a promise, which is different. This is a promise that you will, it could be, I promise that I'm going to just do my best every day. I remember your best every day may be different. Maybe you're tired. Maybe you've had, you know, some stuff happen that's taking you down and that's okay. So your best that day might not look as good as your best the day before, but you know when you've done your best. 
you know when you've actually done your best and you've tried as opposed to being lazy or procrastinating um, or giving up. And so I write a letter to myself with a promise to just keep going, to just do my best and keep focused on the goal. And I write it in a way that reflects the way my mentors would speak to me, which is with a flavor of inspiration, of encouragement, of empathy and understanding, but also a tone of accountability, of that deep core purpose as to why I'm taking action, not just for myself, but the benefit that is going to be felt by everyone around me. And the tone of that letter is really, really important. The, the loving, inspiring balance of kindness and accountability. If you get that balance right, that letter is really, really powerful. So I'll write that letter and I'll keep it somewhere that I can see every day. And then finally, and this is, we've kind of hit on this, but I wanted to make it a separate thing is we talked earlier about um, having those milestones, right? Having those small achievable steps along the way to the goal that, you know, you know, you can hit and that are actually moving the needle towards achieving the goal. What's really important with those milestones is that at each milestone, you, you reward yourself. You don't just get there and move on to the next one. You make sure that every time you achieve one of those milestones, big or small, you consciously celebrate that milestone. And that might mean something different to everyone, what it means to celebrate. But you sit and you contemplate the effort that you put in to achieve that step and you celebrate yourself for it, right? You fuel yourself with that celebration. And I'll tell you why this is really important. Because one sort of thing I see with driven successful people, founders, entrepreneurs, leaders, or just people that are really inspired and driven to create something amazing in their life is they're so driven to achieve that the moment they've achieved something, they quickly move on to the next thing without even taking a breath to recognize what they've achieved. And what happens is they never completely fuel themselves from that achievement. And so they're chasing and chasing, thinking that one day they're going to feel fulfilled. But every single goal has to be bigger and bigger and bigger. And I've met so many people when I look at their lives and how much they've achieved and how incredibly hard they've worked and the incredible milestones that they've accomplished, yet they don't feel satisfied because they haven't taken the time to stop and recognize and reflect where they came from, what it took to get there and celebrate themselves. It's really important because success, whatever that means for you, is only as tangible and beautiful and delicious if you can feel it, right? So whether it's a successful relationship or a successful business or a successful life, if you can't feel it and taste it and be grateful for it and sit in it and revel in it, what's the point? I certainly don't want to, you know, get to my, my last few years and look back at my life and say, wow, I've just realized I achieved a lot and I didn't feel a single thing. 
I just kept chasing to that next thing and that next thing. All while I'm not being present for my family, my loved ones. I'm not recognizing what I've got. If we can't learn to be fulfilled and satisfied and happy with all of our efforts, what is the point, right? So that last tip is a really, really important one. And it's a great habit to get into. And it is a habit. Learning to celebrate every single little win from a successful meeting or a great date night with your partner, something that you've put effort into and achieved should be celebrated. Because when you get into the habit of that, you build up confidence and self-gratitude and the ability to fuel yourself. And most importantly, any good relationship that I've ever had and any good relationship that anyone's ever had has had presence involved in that relationship. When someone really sees you and pays attention to you and notices you, you feel that, right? And that in a relationship is what bonds and, and closeness is made of. And so when we talk about the relationship we have with ourselves, our inner mentor, when we are recognizing ourself and are present with ourself, we become more bonded and closer to ourselves, which means that we're going to listen to that mentor more. So when we are striving to inspire ourselves into action, when we find ourselves feeling sluggish or unmotivated, if we've built a relationship of trust and closeness with our inner mentor, we're much more likely to snap out of that situation and do what's required to lovingly inspire ourselves into action and move forward, right? Which is not a complicated process. None of this really is a complicated process, but it's an intentional process. It's intentional. And if we reflect upon the world that we're living in now that is very full of stimulation and seems to be very fast, intentionality is something that isn't as prevalent as it maybe used to be because there's so much more happening. And what I am seeing very, very clearly is that those that are living lives that are fulfilling and successful, whatever that means to them, they're intentional. They're intentional with their energy, right? What they put energy into, how they pay attention to themselves, how they pay attention to others, they're intentional. And that intentional process of encouragement and motivation and recognition has really incredibly increased my own personal growth so much. And it's what I turn to when the inevitable down periods come, because they do, of course they do. Even last year, there were many, many times where I found myself falling into my old trap of putting all the extrinsic and outside priorities before myself and then very quickly feel my level of excellence, my level of intentional quality output is less. And so then that inner mentor kicks in and says, hey, James, you know you can do better. Let's sit down and spend some time on refueling. What is it that you need? And how can we really start to remeasure our goals and sense ourselves moving forward and progress and encourage yourself so that 
your wife gets a better husband, your family gets a better son or brother or brother-in-law or son-in-law, your friends get a better friend, your clients get a better coach. And so that inner mentor for me has a crucial role in my life because I've learned to speak to myself in a way that is encouraging so that whatever life throws at me, I know that there is someone there that I can rely on to lift me back out of that. Because life is full of obstacles, right? There will be plenty of obstacles as you work towards your goals. So don't be one of them, okay? Have a wonderful day. I hope this served at this time of year. And please be loving to yourself, be encouraging to yourself. And at the same time, hold yourself accountable to the promises you make to yourself so that you build trust and love and self-worth that not only you benefit from, but everyone that you care about benefits from as well. Have an awesome day. Take care. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the I Heart My Life show. Now do us a favor and tell people about this episode. It's truly our duty to make sure that the I Heart My Life movement is spread far and wide. The truth is life can be challenging, but it is possible for all women to love themselves and their lives. And while you're at it, send a link to this episode to three of your friends today, or maybe even post it on social media. Use the hashtag I Heart My Life Show. That's hashtag I Heart My Life Show. And if you'd like to help me personally, then please rate and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts. Give us some stars, cheer us on, and leave a review because believe it or not, that stuff actually really does help. And I read all of them. Please remember everything you desire is meant for you and possible. Keep showing up, taking action, and believing in your dreams.